Yeah, yeah. Batman begins. Make sure. Make sure that it's. Generally, I'm the loudest of the group, so I always try to make everybody else closer. Yeah, Batman Begins has. It doesn't have problems, it's just that it, it, it's a very. It's much better in the first half because it's, it's a movie that. It's a Batman movie that doesn't have Batman in it at all for like the first hour and a half. And it's it, it just seeing it is it's completely divorced from anything remotely comic booky, I guess. To, mm-hmm. to you know, to turn a phrase. <laughs> but we're not talking about Batman Begins tonight. We're talking about his follow-up to Batman Begins, The Prestige, Christopher Nolan. Uh, and Welcome yeah, to the Futile Podcast. Futile Podcast. We've, and all got, that. Uh, we've got Ian Strope as always, and, indeed. Uh, Joshua Nelson, and we are critiquing The Prestige today. Yes. Tough call, tough call. Um, from the get-go, let me see. I like this movie. This is the second time I've seen it. I wrote a paper for a class about it, like a, a, a review. It was supposed to be a review, like a two-page review for, for, for the class. Um, it was like, go see a movie and write a two-page review. So I went and saw this, saw this movie. I really wanted it to be a certain kind of movie. And I think even back then I was good about, in my reviews, being honest as a critic I'm not one of those people that constantly just writes everything off. It's like, well, this is my opinion, but whatever, you know. But I am one of those people that's, that does try to say, I, this is what I wanted, and if I didn't get this, I'm disappointed. But that doesn't necessarily make it a bad movie. But like, really what I wanted in The Prestige was I wanted much more spectacly, get gadgetry, steampunky kind of stuff. Because it just, it's totally in that era. And, you know, the trailers had a couple little moments with, you know, the little gadgets and things. And I'm like, that's cool, that's cool, I'm into that. And then, so I go to sit down and see it, having no real idea about what kind of movie it is. And then I get hit with the genre stuff. With the, oh, this is like about two men's obsession with one another. It's very much like an old classical, almost melodrama kind of kind of plot. See, this is why I'm against... The uh, the need of Hollywood's uh, advertising campaign because they'll they'll slam the shit out of a movie. You'll see like a million advertisements, and even if that's not what the movie's about, they'll sell the movie in the most they'll, they'll marketable way. And and you you see it as this steampunk film. He's like, oh, this is what I want to you know. Let's go do it. Boom, boom, boom. And it turns out it's other thing. And then it's like, oh well, it, it's kind of ruined for you. Your experience wasn't as enjoyable as you would have liked it to well, have been based on the advertising. I knew nothing about the movie. Yeah. When I first saw it, and it was confusing the first time, uh, but but I really enjoyed it. And this being my second time as well, I really love the film. It's well done. It's 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 phenomenal writing. Yes. Right. It. I mean, it. The acting. I mean, it's it, you got it's good. Michael Caine. It's good. You got Christian Bell, Hugh Jackman, Scarlett Johansson. I mean, it, that, that's all fine. Uh, I. I'm still... I got that adrenaline. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. Nolan, film. <laughs> Nolan really is probably the best living He's filmmaker right now. He's probably the greatest right living filmmaker. I mean, filmmaker. Spielberg had it for a while in the 80s and then kind of yeah. le- in the late ni- early 90s maybe. But, but I mean, Spielberg is probably jealous of Nolan's position right now. Nolan is, is like the new Hitchcock and people compare him uh, in some regards. I mean, in terms of... I, I don't know. I don't know... Uh, Hitchcock, I, I get bored with Hitchcock, to be perfectly honest. I'm not a huge Hitchcock fan. Well, what are we talking about? I mean, there's some Hitchcock films that I've seen that I don't, are like, well, okay, he was, he was they're big, off the radar, but he, there's, there's like the big Hitchcock Well, yeah, I know, and, but, but I mean, just even, I, I appreciate it, and, and I understand it, but personally, maybe it's just those, the, that style and that, those genres, suspense, thriller stuff, I, I just am not as excited about. I mean, what Nolan trades in, which is a little bit sci-fi-y and a little bit like kind of, but grounded in kind of hard drama and most other aspects with like flawed characters and things that I, I, I think I get a little more from now. I, my, my Hitchcock is, is weak. I'll admit. In all fairness, no one was doing that back then. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean that, that's that, the, sci-fi films are, are that, a, that's what a joke. Saying. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> Hitchcock was doing the best he could with what he had. And, yeah, and, I know. And I, but, some, but some of them were timeless. You like, have, you some have, of them are dated. Yeah. Some of them are dated. I'll yeah. admit some of them are like, okay, this is like every other old classic movie. And it's like, some of them are great. Some of them aren't. And the ones that are great are the ones that we like to watch today. Right. Right. Uh, 
no one, he did the prestige. The prestige uh, tells you exactly what it's going to be from scene one. Pretty they much, literally yeah. break the up. Uh, they break the acts up. Yeah, right. like act one, act two, act three, and they do it. You know, following the lines of what a magician would do in their show. It's yeah. like you know, you have I don't remember. It's the pledge, and that's kind of what gets you involved. And like this is what I have. It's an ordinary object. Yeah, there's right. the, the tell I think it was, and the tell is I take an ordinary object. Is it and the I make turn? It, uh, the turn. You're yeah, right. Okay. The turn. I make it extraordinary. And then act three is the prestige, which I thought the prestige in this film yeah. was phenomenal because that's like multiple prestige, well, yeah. of course. It, it, yeah. It's the. It's, on, on both, on it's, both fronts. It's not quite. It, it approaches, but. And, and I guess some people could say, and, and they would be justified, you know, if it's their opinion. But um, it's not quite as bad as some, some of these other movies that have come out in recent days. Not recent days, and. Where it's kind of like three endings. Mm-hmm. Prestige kind of has like three potential places to end, but not really. I mean, for the most part, it it plays itself out, and there's it's, so much ambiguity that you're engaged all yeah, the way right. to the end. So. Um, like you said, the, the writing is pretty top notch. It's got your it's got your subtle your subtle foreshadowings. It's got your um, it's got your parallelisms between both the characters. And it's just, I mean, it's one of those ones that you could probably use, um, you know, like in a class, in a film class. Sure. To just to teach things about structure and, and, and motivations and whatnot. I mean, as I'm looking at it as a writer, th- there are only a couple places where it's even vaguely weak. And, I mean, like we talked about it while we were watching it, the, the, the inciting event of, um, of Baldwin, Christian Bale's character deciding to tie that well that's the thing it's, that's kept ambiguous on some level too but um but but the whole not issue uh, which which creates creates the the first sort of conflict between him and um and uh, on dare what is his name and uh algier yeah it's something like that something like that yeah uh, it, it fits with his character, though, I would say, with the... Yeah, yeah, the arrogance the and, the, and the pride. Yeah. The pride. It's like, this whole time, he wanted to be the number one. He was willing to sacrifice every aspect of his life. He thought he knew the better way For this. Stuff, he, yeah. yeah, I mean, he, he wanted to be the one that says, like, I, I'm right, so I'm going to take yeah. the credit because I'm going to, you know, okay. show you. First, let's go ahead and do the old... This is going to be spoilers. This is a few years old, so, I mean, we're really going to talk about sure. the movie, so we're going to give everything away in order to do that, because I feel like... If this is a movie where you don't do spoilers in the discussion, then you just have to write off so many things where you can really be critical of the storytelling and the, of, of the way it's structured. At the same time, if you have not seen the movie, stop listening to this podcast. Go rent the film. It's worth the money. Watch it. Come back yeah. here and we're going to yeah. talk about it. Or buy it on Amazon. It's only like Fucking 12 bucks on Blu-ray. And yeah. this is this it's is one of those rare films where uh, you cannot just watch it once and get everything. Yeah, but you... you it's a different experience. It's been five years since I saw it the first time, time and I, I found myself really... I think in another five years I could watch it again. Or it'd be something I, I'd love to watch. You know, you could show new people and stuff. You right, know? but it's not one of those movies, movies that gives away all of its secrets on the first viewing, which is... Well, no, you're right. It's one of those movies that's, that's binary. It's, it's similar to like Memento in that sense where yeah. where um, you see it one way the first time and then you get it a different way the next time you know and then once but, but I mean you can only see it for the first time once but like I said I had forgotten because it's got multiple components to the ending you remember I remembered the big part I remembered the big supernatural sci-fi element but I had completely forgotten the the, the more like, relevant component to the ending. See, I remembered all the endings. I remember, well, spoiler, 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 spoiler. I remembered uh, the whole Bell thing with um, him having a twin, and I remembered uh, Hugh Jackman was killing himself repeatedly just to prove that he was the best and and to to put Bell in prison because, you know, Bell was responsible for killing his wife, and he was willing to kill himself to get him killed. Right. Bell killed him. Like, I, I remembered all that. It was the little details building up to that that I forgot. You know, and that's usually what yeah. you get out of rewatching yeah. a movie anyway. Is yeah. Once you've seen it once or twice, it is just a, just just becomes a situation where, you know, I forget all the little pieces. I forget the middle parts yeah. and the neat parts. And, the, and, and yeah, I mean, this movie, 
Like, I forgot Scarlett Johansson was in the film. Oh, wow, yeah. I, I didn't so, forget that part. Yeah, that's kind of memorable. I, I, I thought really... she was less irrelevant. Uh, maybe this, the, the Blu-ray, uh, you always get weirded out about No, that, that was the theatrical version. Like, yeah, everything yeah. as I saw, like, yeah, it, right. it came back. So. Okay, but, but as I remember feeling like, maybe she was just bigger at the time, because she hasn't done a hell of a lot in the last few years. But I remember feeling like she was kind of, not so much underused, but it just seemed like a small role at the time. Well, Christopher Nolan says, hey, you want to do a movie with Christian Bale uh, well, and Jackman? Even at the time, though, yeah. I mean, it was a smart move on her play, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But she ended up having a much more bigger a bigger role than I initially conceived of it in the first viewing. I mean, yeah, really, it's, um, it's not even just the obsession part and the back and forth. But it's the whole moral quandary, like you said, is whose side are you on? Who who do you really go with? And you're right. I think by the end, you've pretty definitively kind of gone to one side because you've seen how the the anger and the rage on the part of Jackman's character has driven him yeah. one way. And the greatest part about it is that they both are so – they're both imperfect people. Yeah. They're both kind of flawed and they're both not really like – protagonists in the, in the traditional sense. I was going to say yeah. that they play him as a protagonist, but he turns out to be like, you know, this anti-hero. And, and, and they support that with his obsession. I mean, like, yeah. that was a huge theme, obsession, obsession. Oh, yeah. So, like, at some point, he literally turned, his psyche turned to become this straight protagonist to trying to, you know, figure out what happened to his wife to, to this anti-hero. Who, who yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, at some point, he literally said, I don't care about my wife. I care about what this guy's doing. Yeah, right. I don't, I'm going to nail this guy, and he was willing to kill himself. I think he did 100 shows. Yeah, we don't know if he's willing to kill himself at least probably half the time, like 50 times, to put this guy in jail because he knew eventually he would be there and And he would go backstage. Yeah, right. And he would be at the wrong Some of that stuff is inferred, but but, I mean, but you get enough in the characters that you're like, okay, I can see this. I can believe this part. I don't have. It's a little head scratcher on the first viewing because so much other stuff is going on. But it's one of those things where if you let it marinate, you're like, okay, no, I guess that makes sense that he would, you know, show up and that's what he's doing each time. Um, But the other great part about it is it's almost the Citizen Kane kind of thing where you're getting a lot of this information and you talked about it being confusing the first time and it is confusing. Because it does do go back and forth chronologically a few times in terms, and you're getting one person reading one person's journal, reading another person's journal. It's almost, it's not meta, but it's definitely like the narrative is layered on top of itself and folded over on itself a couple different times in a way that it becomes a little confusing. But then on top of that, you realize by the end that they that both the journals the other person is reading are fabricated on some level. No. And that is great because that is just the flawed narration. Once again, he's going back to the stuff like of, of Memento, where you know his narrator is inherently flawed because he's not remembering. Yeah, I mean, like, um, no, but in this case, the the critical thing is with Bale's character is did he tie? Does he believe? Does he really believe that he doesn't remember which knot he tied? And he says. He, he convinces Jackman at one point until Jackman gets to the end of the journal and realizes that, oh, but, you know. I, I think he knew, I mean, personally. But, but that's a, you'll, you'll never know, but I mean, like. Well, but, but that's, a, that's an important thing because I've seen, um, I mean, when, because here, here, admittedly, whether he tied the knot or not, there's enough information given at the beginning with Piper Parabu's character where she says, oh, yeah, I could get out of that knot. Like, like she's, on, she's on board for the other knot. So... Really, it, this was an accident. I don't. I don't completely buy that. Um, and, and yes, uh, Jackman's character is justified in his rage and in his anger towards Baldwin. But in the end, he goes too far with it because it was an accident and it was part of their trade due to his obsession. Uh, yeah, and and so. The real crux, you're right, is whether Baldwin is being cowardly by saying, I don't remember. And that's, I think, what gets gets Jackman at the beginning. He just wants him to admit that he's maybe partially responsible for this accident. I don't know. If he was that prone to go that far, I mean, had Baldwin admitted, he probably just would have went to his house that night and shot him in the face. It's possible. But... But, but I mean, I don't know. I don't get that from him at the beginning. You talk about the performances. I get, like, at the funeral... Like that, he's really, and then when he repeats it later, when with the the bullet catch thing, it's it's really. Uh, but then, as you get to the end, and you realize another spoiler that that there's been two 
bails the whole time because snap your fingers, just like with the bullet catch and everything else, the real world is simple. The real world is explained through common sense, through Occam's razor. It was identical twins. What do you know? That was how you do his. That's how his biggest. Michael Caine called it too. Like, yeah, right, right. In the beginning of Act Two, yeah. Michael Caine said it's a double. That's it. And and his obsession took place right there. He's like, no, that's impossible because I it's looked too up. easy. I don't yeah. want it to be that easy. And, yeah. And he, uh, you know, the finger thing was a good was a good um, misdirection because because it's like, well, no, they even both have the fingers, and so you're like, oh, well, that's creepy. I guess. I guess they could have cut their fingers off, and then you see, well, yeah, they did because it wasn't easy to do this. And it was the commitment to the act, which they foreshadowed with the, the um, with the Chinaman, as Michael King calls him, and his uh, fishbowl yeah. pretending to be crippled. The foreshadowing whole time. in this movie is phenomenal, and there's no way you'd ever know that unless if you saw it more than once. Yeah, and even then, like having you'd have to remember all the pieces. Like I didn't, I really I sincerely remembered a lot of them. Enjoyed most of this movie. The, the the flaw in this movie, for me, still. We, and it's it, it's a Nolan type of flaw because he does trade in this stuff and a lot of his stuff um, the, is is the sci-fi component. It, it, it's almost like it's not needed in this movie and it just it's such a head scratcher where it's like it's such a heavy component. It is, but it but it's like if he could have come up with a more clever way to do it, then because the, 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 in this world. It, it, it it's such a serious drama. You want it, and it's so well structured, and it's so well composed and told. And everything is within the the realm of reality, and within the you know things are solid, things are simple. That the science fiction of this Tesla 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 magic duplication machine just doesn't feel like it quite belongs in this movie. It feels like it would be, to me, it would be a superior film if he could have addressed his concern with the with the murder and with everything else in a way that didn't rely on that. Because it's a huge, it's literally, it's not a deus machina, but it essentially is a machine, a machine of magic that, that, that facilitates a certain science. plot point. You know what I mean? They, they made it, they, 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 they said it was science. I mean, it was real. It did what people couldn't explain to be done. Yeah. But I mean, it was. But, but it is science fiction because that doesn't exist. I, I'm going to disagree because I think that that's personal preference on your part. I think personally, you didn't like that because you would have preferred just at, for your own taste for it all to have stayed within reality. Well, sure. Me personally, I like when there's just a little bit of fiction embedded in reality. Well, and I think well, that's what he did. And I think he did it well. I think, I think it, I, I enjoyed it more. Because of it. Okay. That, then, yeah. Then that's that's just a point point of disagreement between us. Because, yeah. I mean, for me, I'm more like, I love science fiction. I, I, but, you know, jump into it. You know, do more with it. Have more fun with it. And this, and this like you said, sometimes you can do a little sprinkling. And and this, it, it's just, I don't know. It's almost just not enough because the way everybody deals with it when they realize it, it's like, I mean, well, Bale's character doesn't ever realize it. He never knows that it's magic, real science fiction magic. He's just baffled by, you know, maybe he thinks it was another double that was killed that night. Um, but Cutter's character does realize that this is what it is. He sees, he sees it for what it is at some point, and, and um, then it's like, well, okay. Um, but did he really? He I knew, so. he, all he knew was that I saw you dead and you're alive. What the fuck did you just do? I, I'm mourning for you. I thought you were dead. I came here to beg this man. Yeah, right, right. He didn't actually know. No, I know he didn't know then, but he, he figures it out. I mean, I don't at think some he point. No. Well, with the box, yeah, he realizes that the machine... I, I, maybe he doesn't no, know. No, I don't think he did. I don't think anyone really knew except for Hugh Jackman, and Hugh Jackman and died. <laughs> yeah. Test, yeah. And probably... Well, they never the addressed that system. terribly well either. It, it, is it like, if it, it duplicates you, mind, body, and soul, you know, in quotes, such that... Like when he says, I never knew whether I was going to be the one in the box or the one in the prestige, I guess it's like you you physically drop through, but at some point in the electrical magic, you're being split into and duplicated, and either the, the duplicate you is falling in the water or the duplicate you is doing the prestige. He said so he, he died half the time, right? He said he didn't know, but just because he didn't know doesn't mean that he didn't fall in every single time. Yeah, that's the thing, right? That's the thing. Yeah, just because he didn't it, know, it, I think he it, fell it, in every it, single it time. It becomes kind of an, ex, an, an, ex, the, 
it was like the duplicate upon a duplicate upon yeah. a duplicate was alive at, at that point. Yeah. It, well, it becomes an existential dilemma that yeah. parallels what Bale is doing and his sort of yeah. stringent, strict commitment to this trick of the, the twins. You don't like that, though? That how it was two sides of one coin, how it was like the reality and the fiction. And I, they were, I get They were doing it, the same thing. I, I do like but it. But it's, it's both elements of it. It's just I loved it. It's just it's it, it's it's a, it's a, you have to admit it's a deus machina because he, for okay I'm thinking about it now. But they the reason okay uh, the they whole, set it up like in Act Two. They start setting it up even sooner than that when they both are visiting. They both see the Tesla demonstration. Yeah, I and so and so I couldn't say so. I, gu- I guess I guess through seeing that Bale's character Baldwin decides that he's going to trick. Jackman's character to going all the way halfway across the world. He's going to make Tesla the, the, the cipher cipher break and and pretend like oh yeah it was Tesla with his magical core coils which is not related yet and never addressed in that earlier scene such like like that that could facilitate anything. It's just I guess it's just it's just spectacle. I I interpreted that and then he goes there and he's able to make the machine that does that. I it, interpreted that because he they both knew what Tesla. Claimed he could do, but he never claimed he could do anything like that. They both knew what what he said he could. You know, they they both knew. I yeah. mean, you know, it wasn't like they were like, "Who's Tesla?" No, like, they, they both, both they, they both knew Tesla was about. And then he did that, and I thought that. I mean, the second time I saw it, I was like, "This is brilliant," because he's like, "I want to know your trick, Christian Bell." Christian yeah. Bell's like, "Okay, I did it from Tesla." Ha ha ha! Fuck you, now because I mean that's a possible yeah. path. I don't think Christian Bill ever thought that anything would have come from it. No, that he, he would have gone and he thought he was going to go waste his time with with a gu- with sparks and. But it just so whatever. turns out that and that's the Deus Machina is that it's just coincidentally Bowie, you know, no, that's coincidence because what inspired what inspired Bell to say that in the first place? Why would that have worked if it was coincidence? It, the, the Why would it have worked if it was coincidence? Because the plot needed it to work in order to facilitate the parallelism that they want. I tell you, I can magical. do these amazing things. You don't believe me, but this, but this guy probably believes me. And you tell this guy, oh yeah, this guy can do amazing things. Go there, and it turns out, oh wait, Tesla was telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, but he's amazing. I mean, uh, maybe if there had been some kind of a, a component in that earlier scene, if Tesla had actually been there. And had actually given some thirty-second speech about like what you're saying about about the the world of science fiction and science fact and remind and me all this remind stuff. me what so such that if Bale had been exposed what prompted to that, them to go to that demonstration what what did they say in the I think I think Cutter was saying something to both of them about how about, it was just it was just like new new stuff right new technology new gizmos and gadgets that, that they could maybe use but like, he, ah. he 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 set it up as like the pinnacle okay yeah. of what could be done right. Okay, yeah, so, so, yeah, so it's believable, I guess, in that respect that, like, oh, well, I had Tesla who yeah. built that one thing at that one show build the yeah. thing to use. Yeah, so, and, and Jackman said, oh, well, shit, well, you know, Cutter said that this guy is top of the game. Right, so then I And he says there. that this, I think he even referred to him as a wizard. He's like, he said, this guy doesn't use magic, this guy actually does it for real. That's what Cutter said. Yeah, right. And then Jackman goes off of because Bell says it, and Bell thinks it's just a bunch of smoke blowing up his ass, but it turned out... It turned Cutter out was that, telling the truth. It turned out that there was yeah. I mean, so no matter how set up from the beginning, Act One, it, it, there's there's believable setup to get him to get him there. You think and, that's a Dan Mackison? Mackison, yeah. No, um, I, I well, it, it basically here's here's where the plot comes down to it. So you're sitting there writing this up, and you need parallelism, and you're like. Okay, we've got this really fairly serious, fairly straightforward, believable set the real world story, and they're like, well, how are we gonna create a situation where he's got multiple hymns or something like magic? And then you know, so Nolan and his brother have to look at each other and be like, magic, and then shrug, and then be like, magic, and then they keep going. So I still look at it as science. I'm gonna argue science over magic. Me. Me. Well, you, no, you would no, argue no. magic. The, the story's about magic, so sure. it's kind of okay. It's but, okay, but but, it's, but you're arguing science based on like this like quantum theory. Based stuff. on the fact that he built a machine that did what he said he could do, I'm gonna argue science. Okay. I mean, fine. No. Well, it's just it's just that it's it's actually not science though. 
it's a movie. You know I know, I, mean? I know, I know. In a, in Essentially, a movie, what you're asking is that every movie he does only be based on no, what can happen in the real world? No, I'm saying that in a movie that's based 90% on what happens in the real world... Based on magic. Based on magicians. Well, based on illusions and stuff. And the whole point of the movie, even, which is great, which I love, is that there is no such thing as magic. It's that the real world is is true, truthfully, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. boringly banal. It's an easy trick. It's that the bullet is always in your hand. It's that you have a identical twin. It's 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 not that. But it and then to be un- real. it undermines its it own to point be real with, because they set it up in the beginning. Magic. You know the, the the three acts of a magician and the prestige and the movie being called the prestige. Right, it exactly. had to be there. Well, yeah, and, and it even makes. I mean, when Jackman's final little speech before he dies and then kicks the lantern to start the fire, which was a great moment. In, yeah. in, in terms, of, I don't know if they, they did that. They they probably put that in the script. Sure, but um, but but I mean. It's sort of like it. You have to struggle a little bit with the the fact that it kind of undermines its own final thesis about the the nature of the prestige, which is that really it's to see the moment on their faces where people, for a second, think are tricked. Let themselves allow themselves to be tricked into thinking that there's such thing as magic, which there isn't. I think you're just looking to split hairs, Ian. Well. That's what I'm going to no, no, say. No, no, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing some critical analysis here, which is I, I don't have any problem with that. I, I'm just not sure what point you're trying to make here. Besides I'm, the fact that, I'm making the that point he did something that was that in the construction greater of, than reality in this film. Yeah, right. That, that in the construction of a film where the thesis is kind of ostensibly about two people obsessed with one-upping one another, it's... I don't know. I, it's tougher for me to reconcile that one component from a story, from a writing standpoint... And with the actual thesis, because... And even for Jackman's character to say that at the end, he's like, the world is, you know, it's solid, it's boring, it's it's banal. But it's like, really? You're going to say that on your deathbed when you've just used this trick that is, a, like, unexplainable phenomenon <laughs> that kind of does make you think that there is such a thing as magic or whatever? Um it just that little part of it to me undermines an aspect of the thesis, but it doesn't take anything away from the rest of the writing, from from all kinds of other things which we haven't even started to talk about, which are just the look of the, of the film, the feel of the film, the fact that it's it's using a lot of the things that like both Wally Fister and uh, because uh, no one has worked with him this whole time have developed as just like um, like little bits of auteurism and. Uh, Things like like Nolan is one of the few modern directors who has types of shots and, and the way that his stuff looks that just you know it's a Nolan film when you see it and that's awesome. I mean maybe David Fincher and to a lesser extent someone like maybe like uh, I could tell a, a Burton film when I see it. I could well, tell B- Burton is more in the set design, but I almost just mean just in terms of. Spielberg. In terms of camera, Spielberg to a degree, though I, uh, I think he's he's fallen into a weird sort of place with. Like, if Back I think when Spielberg was Spielberg, well, like, yeah, obviously, Spielberg, obviously, he but, would but, compound I mean, his actions into one shot, and you can tell, like, oh, wow, if I watch either. War of the Worlds or something, like watching part of that, that is kind of bland well, Spielberg, though. I, I, there, there are some shots in that film since we just watched it recently. Yeah, yeah. There are some shots that I could say that's a Spielberg. Sure, shot. you have to but, watch more of the movie. Yeah, but but I mean, and then I guess to like a lesser extent, J.J. Abrams, thanks to the lens flares. But <laughs> that's, just, that's just a hokey signature. That's literally signing his name right, on the frame right, and right. saying, "I'm J.J. Abrams." But, this is my movie. But um, but no, just there's certain things that he does, and even in this film, he gets away with them. And there are more modern cinematic approaches, like the use of handheld camera uh, on like sort of not so much close-ups, but kind of like a a medium close of like an, of like a, a series of objects or something. Like the bird cages early on in the film, it's like it's a handheld, but it doesn't feel like this Paul Greengrass frenetic crazy thing because it's not trying to be that, but it just is sort of it holds. And then um, he has he he makes use of not so much jump cuts though they sort of feel like jump cuts in a few places, um, but it's between cutting to scenes when. Uh, when when Jackman's character and Cutter get at their new workspace with all the windows, that scene starts like it feels like a jump cut almost the way it starts, but it but it works and that kind of stuff is used like in Batman Begins and 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 yes. stuff and it works really well. But, but he gets away with doing it 
And, um, I mean, his films are not fraught with all this kind of ridiculous stylism. They're very, like, exact and clean. But with handheld and with jump cuts in places... And, but and that was stuff. something that That's was very, very cool. un- unique to this film. I mean, usually when films are jumping from like present time to the past, because in my mind, uh, you start a movie on the trial of you know uh, Christian Bell, you know, being right. whatever that. I have to assume that that's the present, and everything else is like a, almost a, the, essentially the most of the movie is a flashback. Yeah, it is. And and they didn't tell you when they were jumping in, in between well, times. The reading to, to kind of. But I mean, there, there were. I mean, that. like watching it this time, I realized that throughout the movie, there were times where like it would cut to the present, to the past, to the future. It was just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it, and, a and, few and it was just a points. cut. That was it. And yeah. if you didn't know what was going on, whatever, just just watch the movie, keep going. And I couldn't decipher that on the first film, but the second time I was like, oh shit, this is this is this is way back then. This is before this is happening. And then the next thing, you know, like one scene you'll see his dead body, the other scene he's like standing up and doing everything. Yeah. No, it's it's. Um, it was- it, it's problematic in a few spots, and then one other thing, plot-wise, that still maybe ended up on the cutting room floor. Who knows what is the explanation for how um, Angier's, you know, the, the, the Jackman character, like, has got such an immense wealth? Because they're both um, they're introduced. Both Jack Jackman and, and Bale's characters are introduced as kind of being like mid-level apprentices at the beginning. Now, unless he had some kind of legal action against. The, the magician troop or something, which I'm doubtful of because he was on such good terms with Cutter. Uh, it's believable at some point that he would have made some success for himself and some fame for himself being, you know, the big, magi- big magician. But, but he's, he's even before that, even before he, he, him and Cutter team up, it's in the scene that, that was the scene that confuses me because he's looking all, all proper with his hat and everything, drinking at the bar. And then he goes and talks to Cutter about starting a new show and it's like, would he have? Would he look that, um, that put together and kind of that affluent before he's even really made a name for himself at all yet? And so that 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 is where, say that again. Well, that scene I even mentioned to you when you were watching it. He's it, Jackman's character sitting there. He's got his top hat on. Sure. He looks. It, you almost could confuse it for like a, a scene in Colorado Springs because he look he looks at he's dressed very ap- affluent. Affluently, he looks like he had money. He looks like he has money, and he's drinking his beer, and then he sees the you know the, the king yeah, yeah. thing, and then he turns and sees Cutter, and then they go and sit down, yeah. and then Cutter talks about doing a new show, and then yeah. and then that's but up until then, Jackman was still just just a, an apprentice or was was still low level. He wouldn't have any any money necessarily unless there was well, some kind of a family. Thing. They never they never said that he started in this magician game broke. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they do say I've always been Lord Caldwell or whatever, you know. Yeah. So it's possible, I guess that. And remember, remember, in, before his wife died, she said, "You changed your name." Yeah, that's right. Because I didn't want to embarrass my family family. for doing this. His family probably had money. He was probably Lord Caldwell, and he changed his name to do what he wanted. That's okay. You're right. They do explain that. It's just. You, you, have, you have to pick it up. It's a fucking. If you don't pick it up, he, he always, doesn't wait for you. They always do it once, and then he kind of readdresses it, which is good. I prefer that there's not I, so much handholding, but that. Ian, this is this is one yeah. of the best scripts I think that came out in the decade. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Um, that's for sure. It's, it's just it's just that it is so dense with with things. You, and I think it's like it's like you kind of pick one character to fault to pit, to focus on more or not. It, and I always want to focus on the Bale character because to me, as much as his. As much as he's kind of presented as sort of being the the instigator of the conflict, he seems to have the most sincere love for the the topic, you know, for the theme, which is the magic, which is which is, which is all that. And and Jackman's character seems to be more ego egocentric about it and everything. Like like his whole thing is I, I want to know the trick and and he's he's you know and now that you now that you put all the pieces together for me you realize well, he comes from money so for his from his mind he always could just just buy just get what he needs eventually he you know people and and uh Bale's character is more you know salt of the earth from the ground up like it just makes sense struggle the way through i mean he's he, yeah. he, he buys a theater right there's a theater i want this theater done let's do a show you know it's like he he, he seems like he had it all, he didn't have anything to do, but this is something he really wanted. Right. And he's like, okay, well, I'm gonna 
go pursue that, you know? And I didn't even pick that up until you brought it up, and you 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 brought that out of me, and I explained it to you. But I didn't realize it until I was telling you that. Well, yeah, that no, no, and it's good. What it was we, we, even you once or twice said I think little petty type things like like you were like, well, that cat wouldn't stay there oh, yeah. electrocuted, and then it's like, well, no, they they Jeez. lashed it down. And I think I even said one little quick thing about something, and it was addressed right quick. Yeah, for the most part. Hey, that's what good writing is, and that's why I mean he's working with his this brother. Is, this is not good writing. This is excellent writing. Yeah, is is it, well, yeah. Him and his brother. I mean, that's the one thing about Nolan. I mean, so many people want to give him a credit for his conceptual ideas, and that's valid. So many people want to give him credit for being director. More than being a great director, I think he is a phenomenal writer. He is. Um, I mean, I I think because based on this film, and I think based on The Dark Knight. Um, I think him with his brother is probably the best combination. I, yeah. I want to say Batman Begins was was Nolan and Goyer. I don't. Yes. I, but retur- but Dark Knight, his brother helped on. It was his play. brother and Goyer. And and yeah, and um, and Memento was just his brother. The it script. was a short story his brother wrote that yeah. they adapted to a feature. Right, and uh, Inception was just Nolan. Was it? Yes. Okay. It was his. And you, like you said, this script is probably is probably more solid than Inception. than Inception. I enjoyed this film more than Inception. Yeah, I don't think I enjoyed it more because I think that all the spectacle in Inception is so it, it's so cool and fun to see something that, that way. That's that it's personal preference. I mean, me yeah, no, 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 I, no, no, as a kid, exactly. I, I did the whole magic thing myself, right, and I would play tricks. So it was more of a thing for me. But. Yeah, but for me, as like a guy sitting there constantly deconstructing movies, just seeing. A movie that I can deconstruct multiple times as I'm watching it on multiple levels uh, and enjoy, yeah, for Inception. There were literal levels in that movie to, to deconstruct. Yeah, yeah, there were multiple levels. In <laughs> there were literally multiple levels. Yeah, there yeah. were five of them. I and that, yeah, yeah, and th- and that was great. And in this movie, there's you know there's two pathways, I guess, or whatever. Um, no, I mean it's it's a solid. I, I give it a four out of five. It's it's there, just it's just really really good. I, I mean, I have my issues with certain aspects of it, but they're very minimal and minor and whatever. Like you said, screenwriting, it, it, it's good. It's different enough. It's one of those cases where, I mean, one thing you, you just can't really fault Nolan for is that he's not, other than insomnia, which was so, so early on, he's not falling into this, And which he didn't even write the screenplay for. It was really just like his first Hollywood gig. Um, he's not falling into this... Um, remake thing I mean okay the Batman movie's fine but he's doing his own thing with those movies on such an extreme level that the Batman movies are not like really I mean he's looking at comic books and themes and aspects and then drawing from that but it's not like Batman Begins is year one from the comics it's not like it's a remake of a comic book per se he did his own thing with it yeah he's doing his own thing with those and then Prestige and Insomnia are both genre pictures that are got familiar themes and familiar to archetypes of characters and structure and everything but they're a wholeheartedly original stories and in this day and age that is such an that that is very impressive because we're getting to this point where it's like even movies that are obscure from the 70s are being remade because people are that like saturated by story you know in terms of story ideas, you know, it's I like, question if he agreed to do the third Batman film with Warner Brothers so they would greenlight Inception. Like, I this is the movie I really want to do. I'll do your Batman movie again if you let I, me do I've this movie. I've heard that. I've heard that, that it that, makes sense. In I'll, Hollywood, Inception is not it, is not a big one because it scared them. It scared them because it's all about execution, and that's the thing that scares me about Nolan too. Is yes, you've got all these awesome pieces in something like Inception or something like The Prestige. And even if you have an awesome script, you still have to then be able to pull off making an awesome movie. And it's so it's so tough. But his execution has been damn near flawless. And it could be... I mean, I don't know what he is like on set or whatever, but it could just be that he's just that good and he's just that focused. I mean, coming from the writing background, uh, you know, with his, you know, him and his brother being mostly the ones writing these stories and and, and him really knowing what he wants that... And, and working That's with what it comes down a director to. Director photography. With, with a director like Nolan, I cannot see how the brilliance wouldn't come from pre-production. By the time you're ready to shoot, it's just a matter of yeah. getting done what we know we need this to do. This goes here and it needs yeah, to be done. It, it, 
you, you hear so many directors now, they're like, oh, you know, well, like I was just watching uh, the uh, commentary on the Fugitive, and they were like, oh, this scene was at lived and that scene, we just improvised. And he kept saying, there's no way that you can write this type of uh, 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 dialogue in the script, and that the only the actors are to the table, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, well, that's why. I don't even know what your name is. But with, with Nolan, oh, yeah. it's like, you can tell that he took the time, like Hitchcock would, to, you know, frame by frame, shot by shot, line by line of dialogue, I know what I want. Right. I've worked it out, you know, it's good, and let's do this. Right, no, um, yeah, and so it's just, it's execution, it's execution, and then it's 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 working in story. I mean, I mean, someone like Tarantino is probably at that level, too, I mean, where... Uh, you yeah, need, you need I've to, heard that. I've heard his actors say his scripts are the Bible. You stick to them verbatim. He does not let you stray off topic. Well, There's sure. no ad libbing in the Tarantino film. I would imagine so. I yeah. mean, th- though, I mean, when you're the head of, head of the situation, if something changes, I think I all have to be ready to kind of adjust here and there. But yeah, you're right. I mean, if things are very well thought out, that was always the best argument for you know. I mean, I mean, the writer sits there ideally and is pouring over every word. You know, why did they said they say it this way here instead of that? They, I mean, I, when I sit down writing, I think about those questions all the time. I think about okay. would this person add a just here? Would this person have a well here? I, th- th- that implies that they're maybe a little more trepidatious about the question they're asking, or a little more confident. Or I mean, and is that does that the way I want it to be? And those little things, yeah, they add up. I'm going to ask you a question and. This is not a judgment to you, and you you have the right to to feel about this film however you do, and that's okay. But I am curious because you gave this a four out of five. Yeah. Why not higher? Um. Well, I mean, really, it's just it's uh, on some level. I think uh, like like the only five out of five I ever did, and I, I even I could probably look back on that. And mean, as you do enough criticisms and things, and you your tastes evolve, and you see more things, you start to think. Well, I don't know. I mean, um, that last little bit is is probably pure personal preference and like emotional effect and all that kind of crap. <clears throat> In terms all of valid, all valid, yeah. Um, and then, but really, I mean, like a four out of five is pretty much a perfect movie. And then that last little point five is is because I mean, it, it, it's a broken system. St- stars are a stupid way to rate something that's as interpretive as, as cinema. I mean, all it is is an easy way, and I use five because to me it's totally cheating. I can, I mean, a perfectly good movie, a perfectly fun to sit down and watch movie can be something in a three, three and a half. And, you know, that'd be so a So essentially five doesn't exist in your, in five your is, is, on a scale of one to five, is, yeah, five doesn't I exist. I just don't trade, in, uh, for the most part I don't, yeah, I mean, I gave Inception a four and a half because it had that extra bump of just like, I went out of it and I was like totally blown away and I was completely, I got things... Personally, I got things out of it. What could Inception you know, have done to to be a five? Yeah, I don't know. The things that other people have problems with, I also have problems with. Sort of some of the stuff with his um, with his wife is is not only it, it kind of it kind of drags in places, and it kind of seems like like this B story that I'm less interested in, and that I'm kind of confused by and stuff. What movie doesn't drag? It, it well, no, no, th- that's right. Most movies do, and but some, but but you know, but the quintessential penultimate perfect movie or whatever doesn't exist. Yeah, hardly does. Pretty much doesn't exist. Name one. I don't know. It I, doesn't I, exist. I'm I, telling I, you. I, I really, really like. But that's that's kind of just my own bullshit thing. Because I mean, I admit, I admit that the star system is kind of its own, its own garbage thing. So no, I mean, I give Inception. Of, I mean, but you like you like this movie. I own the movie on Blu-ray. Yeah. And I, it was a smart move. I mean, I liked it enough such that when I was initially very disappointed on the first viewing because I wanted it to be a different kind of movie, mm-hmm. but I was aware enough of that, and I was a little disingenuous, as I still am, about the magical part, but whatever. And, I mean, I saw a lot was going on, but there were things I didn't get that now, you know, like you said, it's a dense enough movie. You really do have to see it a few times to appreciate it. Yeah. I, I knew that well enough that I'm like, you know what, I need to I need to rewatch Inception because or Prestige because it looks good and it's got some fun parts in it. And even if I don't like it, uh, if I like it less than I than I already you know kind of didn't like it that much or whatever, then it will be wor- it's worth seeing again. And so it was cheap on Blu-ray. I didn't own it, and I kind of am like a, I'm a collector, so like a lot of you know nerds and whatnot. 
and I have every Nolan movie just through happenstance. Like, I ended up with a copy of, of Insomnia. I never would have bought Insomnia, but I ended up with a copy of it. So I have all of them except for following, and I was like, you know what? I'll just buy Prestige on Blu-ray, and uh, I'll get a kick out of watching it's it again. It's an investment. I, it, nope. was a, it was a good, it was a worthwhile one, like, because I'll watch it again in a few years, and it'll be a perfect movie to show somebody sure. that um, you can... What's good about it is there's almost nothing... Like, like we were talking about how we were going to watch it at dinner, and my mom was like, oh my god, that's a good movie. It's one of those movies you could practically watch with just about anyone. You could watch it with your mom, you could watch it with your girlfriend, you could watch it with... Watch it with your 15-year-old kid. or I want you to There's watch nothing it objectionable your... about it. You know what I mean? There's not like a... Like a no. There's not like an overwrought sex scene with breasts flopping around or excessive no. use of violence. I watched it sex. with my girlfriend at the time. It, 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 you know, we were looking for it. We accidentally watched The Illusionist because yeah. movies come out in twos. Right. And that was exactly. the one that they banked off of The Prestige. But yeah. Uh, eventually we found the prestige. I heard The Illusionist was good, but I've never seen it. The Illusionist... I saw that first because we were looking for The Prestige... No, it was the other way around. We were looking for The Illusionist, and we saw The Prestige, and The Prestige was really great, and then I saw The Illusionist, and it's not as good as The Prestige. But it is... Oh, it, What's Norton? Norton's a good actor. There, 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 there's more of a magic aspect to it. You might not like it as much, but... Well, if there's more, then... That's, see what I mean? It's like that weird tipping point that a lot of movies you, and people play with. I don't want to give anything away to you, because yeah, it's... No, no, no. But, I mean, like... It's tough with certain with genres, and especially with genre blending, when you start... Like, I even take a little issue in... My favorite thing ever, you know, uh, Cowboy Bebop with like episode six. There's a little bit of that magical element with with the the stone that keeps the kid young, and they do their best to scientifically explain it. And then twenty one, which I think is the worst episode of the show, with the feng shui stuff. It's like opens a gate in hyperspace or whatever. I mean, they, they keep it relatively like they have a scientific like hand wave, which they sort of do in this movie, but. Those things are always tough in a world that's primarily trying to base itself on in, in a certain no, I, certain I, spin. I, I for me, I, I love that because it's like we live in reality, and you know we we know what we perceive as reality. Right. And when we see a movie that looks just like reality, but it has just a little bit of something that couldn't yeah. ever happen. That's that's what always calls me. Those well, are the films I love. That to me is almost like a like a better functionality in terms of like absolute terror horror film type you like thing. it better like, when it's more well, well well i mean think about like uh like any of the carpenter stuff like in the mouth of madness or even prince of darkness to a lesser extent where it, i mean it's hokey because it's like a like a demon hand coming out of a mirror but the rest of that's trying to orchestrate itself in terms of being this like scientific explanation for something occultish and it's sort of grounded in a, in a reality but it's it's claustrophobic and it's frightening and so I, to me, because that is horrific. In a real world, you see a world portrayed as real, but then all of a sudden, because once you throw, once you can throw one thing out, then everything else comes into question. And you, you end up in a moment of like, you can end up in serious like, like panic about, about what is real, the nature of reality, the nature of, of the laws of physics, because all of a sudden... Oh, they can't. It's like it's like if there's if a little magic can exist, then what's to say a lot of magic can't exist? And then what's to say a lot of other stuff that's fantastical can't exist? And then it just it, it should affect the world once that's revealed a little more. And like you said, in this, it's kept a little thin. It's kind of like Bowie knows about it, and he's already kind of in his own eccentric world about the way of things. And. uh and Jackman's just so single-mindedly obsessed that it, it isn't completely blowing him away. But it just never feels like these characters... Like, something in this movie all of a sudden should just... The, the whole plot should stop. Everything should just stop. And they should be like, are you kidding me? This does this? This changes everything about the world now. I'm beyond just a simple magic trick here. This is this is how we mass-produce things now. And this is this is going to... This and is going to change everything, and because it doesn't... I think that's why it was a period piece. I think back then, yeah, you know, maybe. people were able to, like, not be so skeptical about everything they see, because nowadays, with the uh, invention of film and cinema and media yeah, right. and control, we are all skeptical, because we know how easy it is to alter right. what we see. Yeah. Back then, you see yeah. it, it's real. 
I saw you do it, so therefore it's real. Right, yeah. And I think that that supports why it took place back then, because it could have been a contemporary story. Right, yeah. But it wasn't. See if that's so why, and I, I think that's Well, I mean, the reason it wasn't is because then we talked about this a, a little bit while we are watching it, is just the commentary of, I mean, without TV, without radio, without any of these other things, this was, these men were yep. major celebrities. These are. Um, yeah. you know, there was just vaudeville and showmanship and there was magicians and comedians and, and whatever, you know, and singers and, and just people on a stage doing something and that's what people put their money to. And that's, those were the single focus, focus of, of all that. So it, it is something that you have to wrap your brain around just how important all of that is to them and just the nature of, 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 of their rivalry and stuff such that like now you know, you look. You talk about like movies coming out in twos and stuff. It's like someone's gonna steal someone else's idea. It's like, oh shit! Hey, guess what they're doing at that studio over there? You know, guess what trick they've got? They're gonna do. They're gonna do this movie about this. Shit! Well, we better get it. Let's hammer out a script too, so that, that way we can have our comet crashing into Earth. There are writers that do just that. Right. They'll go to this studio. They're writing that. Okay, I'm gonna write something similar and sell it to that studio. Right. Yeah. You know, so. to, have, to have hedge your. God, the last one was the last one. It was uh, uh, no strings attached, and uh, oh yeah, and the one that's just about to come out. Yeah. Oh. Just friends or something stupid like that. Friends of benefits. Right. Right. It's the exact same fucking it's, movie. Exactly. The ironic thing is, both of them have a that '70s show actor in them. So no, you know the the truly ironic <laughs> thing is that both of them have. An actress from Black Swan. Yeah, that was supposed to be. Yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. The twisted, sane personality. You can tell that this That's stuff is much orchestrated. More... I wouldn't. I would not be surprised if you did your research. If you found one executive producer tied to both, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Well, you never know. But yeah, that would beyond be... that. Uh, back to the Prestige. Yeah, this is a phenomenal film. Watching it the first time, I was a little confused. I didn't get everything out of it. I probably would have rated it a little bit lower. But watching it this time, just looking at the writing and appreciating the art of it. I have to give it a five because it is flawless. Good. It, it. I mean, w- there's nothing more I could ask for a movie. Yeah. In a movie, it's like, uh, I mean, at, at a certain point, you're just picking hairs based on your preference, your personal preference, right? Not based on the fact that it's a bad movie, but that's but what based you, on but like, that's what well, makes it a five for you is that I mean, you're as a critic, and that's what people I hope are are, are wanting when they're listening to something like a podcast, especially consistently. Is you get to know a certain person's opinions, such that you can like like I listen to other podcasts, and I'm like I can tell when someone's on board with something, and I'm like okay, they like this for these reasons, and based on other things they've liked and things I also like that they like or don't or like that they don't like, mm-hmm. I can tell this is prob based on what they're saying. This is probably a movie I'm going to like, and so ideally you hope that that's what. What, what what you develop when you develop sort of a well, maybe that's a relationship I, I admitted it I mean I personally as a kid I, yeah, I did the whole yeah, magic exactly. I would buy magic know. kits I spent a lot of money I would practice many hours and you know yeah it touches I me mean, there's an aesthetic like, there you go that. so yeah so that, it's that's, five out of five for me that's, that's, and that's part of why and that's that's, yeah. what's, that's relevant to actually but it's a great else. film I mean would you disagree that it's no I didn't I gave it a four and I gave it a higher well for the listeners I want to make sure that we both know that I like you also gave it a higher rating than that it's a great film I would highly recommend watching it and uh, thanks thanks for listening yeah definitely